Aloha and welcome back to Survivor Pile. It's 2019 in January and I am playing some serious catch up with my targeted individuals projects. Um, so with all that's going on in the world, I have also put out a call for interviews and I wanted to just touch a little bit about the stellium question. I think that's how you say it. It's spelled S-T-E-L-L-I-U-M in the astrology chart. And it is basically, when you do your natal chart, you can go to a website called astro.com. You don't have to set up an account there. You can pretty much go under free charts. Um, find the link in there that says free charts and just click on that and click on a natal chart and you can plug in your birth date, your time of birth, longitude, latitude, or the town that you were born in. Um, you don't have to adjust the time, you can, but just put that in there and it'll give you a natal chart. So I'm looking for people who have stellium who are MK Ultra, or if you are MK Ultra mind controlled, maybe you don't know you have this in your chart. Um, I found it in my chart and it was really like huge prominent to me because mine is in Scorpio mostly and a little bit of Sag. Um, so I'm also a Scorpio sun, so my sun's in the stellium and it's my stellium's in the eighth house, so it means I got to balance out with trying to control my finances. Um, a lot of times, most other people have tried to manage me and they basically just take all my money. And so I have had a really tough time. I don't like relationships because they're not financially great for me. Even if I have a roof over my head, I like to very much have things that are my own. Um, so that stellium affects me in that way. And there's some good websites that'll, that are starting to study that because it's kind of new knowledge for the public. Um, I'd been into astrology a long time ago, mostly as a kid, I was, you know, stargate tendencies. I had the psychotronic dreams. I also had a lot of entities experience, meaning like I see I'm going to, I guess, touch on Stargate from my point of view since I'm not in the military, nor have I ever been. Um, but I was tested on as a kid, um, and I am in my mid-40s now. So the Stargate program is something that has become mainstream for military training, and America's, not the UK so much as America's psychic soldier problem, uh, program psychic soldiers are kind of coveted because it's like this whole different uncharted territory of being able to spy on people and countries and military actions without actually being physically there. Um, so I'm going to try to make something I've been thinking of how I can explain it so people understand. So a lot of the Europeans already know about the astral body and depending on which traditions of spirituality you study you'll know that most of them accept that there are three different bodies so you have your physical body 
you have your astral body and then you have your soul so there are three separate bodies that are all in one but our brain does not know how to totally access all of that so some of the mind control experimentation um what they call soul flight in more traditional shamanic practices of um, a lot of the shaman who are Siberian originally and women, not men, okay, um, were essentially assaulted so that their spirit would leave their body. And so that was considered some sort of form of training um, that is really sick to understand. One of my DNA mutations in Asia is from that tribe in Siberia that has shaman who are female so I was already genetically predisposed to be able to have those capabilities from that line Um, I have other DNA strands that had different practices um, throughout the planet so I know the word shaman is Siberian and that comes specifically from my DNA from that tribe in Yakutia. And it depends on which American website in English you read. Um, they always try to skew information, so you have to kind of open your mind up until you can actually get to the place and talk to people. But they had brought in translators to translate these experiences and how their rituals happen so that they could try to train the American public in a manner of speaking so back to the astral bodies and things some people thinking even when I attended a music school um, a lot of creative types are more prone to seeing auras and accepting that as a way of being just that they have the perception of seeing someone's aura without any type of equipment so this is another step beyond that so it's where you can actually perceive the dimensional entity that is with the human body okay so I'm I'm trying to just give you a really basic term so it's it's like a more refined um, aura in a sense I don't I personally don't see auras I've never seen colors around people and halos like that what I see is usually a different dimensional entity so that I can interact with that person on that plane um, rather than or, or avoid them some some of them I, I outrightly avoid when I see them coming um, so that's another different plane of and mode of functioning and that does tend to be in the more spiritual ritualistic traditions rather than the superimposed synthetic electronic holograph kind of thing um also being able to remote view is more commonly taught and it's been refined think more people can go to schools now without having had to go through actual abuse ritualistic abuse to get to that point Um, somebody's taught them how to remote view and do these things without abuse or what we call satanic ritual abuse in some cases Um, so you 
also have an astral body, which means if you can remote view, you can probably see other people's astral bodies. And those people's astral bodies are usually from people, in my experience, with military. Uh, they're from people who have a high precog level. So they're precognitive, meaning you either walk the timeline in your dream, um, meaning that, like, today I could see ahead in the next 18 hours if I went to sleep and I I picked up on that timeline enough and I could see all the events happening whether there's cats crossing the street there are people on the street I could see who's there in that timeline and not too far away so that's part of the precog what, what we just call precognitive or precog so that's also walking the timeline right so some precogs are, you know, just scanning the area for the current moment, making sure things are okay. And if you're sharing a space with somebody like that, it's really prominent. Like you can actually see them, their astral body kind of coming through. And it doesn't necessarily look like them. So it looks like these other shadow entities sometimes, you know, the moving shadows or whatever. Um, so there's a way to separate that I've found. Uh, and you, you get used to it when you get used to someone's ener- energy signature frequency, but you have to establish that first. So it's possible to actually see someone else going through and and doing a precog sweep of their own home uh, if you cohabitate with someone something like that so I'm just going to leave that there as yes it is possible what you see is not a ghost and it's somebody who you may live with who may have lived there before Um, just thinking about the space and their minds going back to visit it or maybe somebody actually did die in which case that's whole different set of entities so sometimes all of this stuff gets stacked on top of each other and you got to sift it out or it can be overwhelming um so back to seeing the interdimensional beings whatever they're like auras but they have a more determined form really more specific form in more detail that isn't like blaring well it's blaring if you can perceive on that level it doesn't stay on meaning it's not always perceptive but they'll sometimes have them somebody will be looking at a wall or watching the tv and you'll see this uh, entity looking at you and you can address it however you feel comfortable with or avoid it so that's a little more in the stargate vein i think than other things so remote viewing sometimes also happens where you know obviously you can read the close timeline um, as in minutes or hours or in the same day or three days three weeks three years I used to have that kind of thing where when I was a child doing remote viewing I would see things three years out the people who I'd meet the place what we'd be doing the whole thing so not a lot of surprises when you get the confirmation in person. Um, so the stellium in the chart, okay, I'm going to go back to MK Ultra 
style things. Um, the stellium means that you've got a bunch of planets in your astrological chart. So if you've already gone to astro.com, put your stuff in, been listening, um, you would see a chart, a pie chart, that has 12 different sectors in it. And for people who aren't astrologers, they're it's just a pie chart okay it's not the most spectacular glamorous thing to look at but it is interesting and there are going to be 12 pieces of the pie now there are only so many planets and your sun and your moon are considered a planet and your chiron and all that stuff so without looking at the signs without looking at all the planets um, just look for if there's a big glob of them in one spot okay <laughs> for me I've got four of those things for those symbols in and we're not looking at the numbers that indicate degrees I'll get to that later but we're just looking at the the symbols for the planets and where there's a bunch of them if you have three i'm going to say three or four or more usually it's four or more um, i'm going with the low number three also um i have four in my eighth house so including my sun and my sun happens to be at 25 degrees so that makes me also starseed um, born in the Pleiadian, blah, blah, blah. That whole thing when the Pleiades line, the Pleiadian lineup that usually happens in November or May. So I'm one of those people. It's also another popular time for Native American shaman to be born. I'm not Native American, but I have old blood in that sense. Um, again, one of my 10 different DNA strand lineages. Oh boy. So where these symbols are, these planetary symbols, if they're all glopped up in one, you can go, yay, I have one, or you can go, oh, no, I don't. But either way, you can take it for what it is. It's not necessarily a blessing. It does mean there's a lot of energy in that house or that your, your main focus in life and what you're good at is mostly in one house. And the houses represent... Um, above the midhaven, the middle line, there's a middle line that cuts it straight in half called the horizon. Above it is pretty much you're an extrovert. Okay, in the lower half of the pie chart, you're an introvert. So just for your personality, you should get an idea about that. Um, so usually if it's in one of the 12 houses in the top, you're more of an extrovert and it's going to have something to do with ideas, institutions, um, sex, sometimes something more social. And then below that is more the homebody life, the kind of recluse, the accountant banker who likes to be in their office or the lawyer maybe who um, likes to study and read. So those other ones are in the lower part in the lower houses one through six and the upper houses are seven through twelve 
So the stellium is just going to be where you have a bunch of those planets in one of the houses. And that's just what I'm trying to find out if people have that and maybe what house it's in if you want to share which sign. I mean, um, I've met several MK Ultras and I learned from someone else that they were just using a simple online free program to look up people's charts because they know how to do the whole interpretation very easily on the spot. Um, so I started just plugging in stuff to find out if people had this stellium like I do. And I found more than not had at least three, if not four or five. So I only have four, but I have them all pretty much I have six of them bunched up together um, very closely lapsing over into a, another house so and within the same sign so I'm, I'm kind of spread between Scorpio Sagittarius in the seventh and eighth house and they're all clumped right there for me mostly so that was something I thought was really interesting because when I came to do my personal research, I was finding my location. I'm like, why is it that I'm near this Rosicrucians cult? And why and why and why? So I kept looking for answers and I found it back in my chart, even though I uh, know that's not divine God. So I'm more occultic, obviously, being Scorpio Sun and Scorpio Stellium. So the answer was just plunked right there in front of my face. Um, so I do think it has to do with your chart in part. And um, some are saying to balance it out by focusing on the opposite house meaning like that's a really extroverted house I have the eighth house seventh eighth house and so I would need to focus on the second maybe the first and second houses for more just boring material things and job um so which I I do but I'm also a traveler so I I don't stay put so those things can be burdensome but I got to pay attention to it so that's why I'm asking about the stellium and sharing a little bit about myself there too. Um, and if you're just doing your own research and don't want to share it with somebody, it would be an interesting place to start, I think, because they say that they selected people for these programs based on DNA, based on our birthdays and our personality. And so... Um, that is that is the stellium okay and then from there they have different people who check into whether you're star seed or not and uh, for the most part those numbers that you see next to the planets in the pie chart because all those symbols are planet names I'm not going to go describe them here you can look it up uh, on another website easily um, so this star seed means that like you came here for missions they're not all light workers but 25 26 27 28 and i believe 29 degrees so if you look inside there 
if you're 25, 26, 27, 28, or 29 degrees on any of your planets, that's usually a star seed marker. So mine's, of course, in my sun, and of course in the Pleiadian lineup, and of course I've got a Scorpio stellium to go with it, um, whether it's in the house or just lapsing into the next house and within the sign. I, I call it my Scorpio stellium, or it's the eighth house stellium. So I would have two, essentially, stelliums they just kind of overlap um it's just the way it goes um so you can find out if you're starseed if you want to go pay a lot of money for like a nice birthday present for yourself and get a starseed reading or get a, a reading that tells you more about the Arcan, draconian pleiadian syrian thing um, and where you came from in the star world, in the galaxy, galaxies far away, and your mission and your past lives, you can. Um, I used uh, Lavendar, so she they kind of coined the star seed um, method, and people have done comparisons. Also, zero degrees in some some uh, star seeds are zero degrees in certain signs but uh, they didn't tell me a whole lot of new information for me being that I grew up near this cult here so stuff like I know how to make camouflage and blah 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 and um, who I was in my past life I already knew at least more than half of it from growing up here so i'll just confirm whatever method they're using it seems to be the same as what was around me here at the rosicrucians or whatever or whoever was really involved um so i'll just confirm that uh, it wasn't a whole lot of new information but i did get which star systems they thought i was from um mostly like I was one of those ascended masters. I've already gone through it 12 cycles. This is my 13th cycle. And um, I already have had the Tibetan dream before I heard the Tibetan song of the of leaving this galaxy and of the spider and all those things. So that's not really new to me. And whether it was my own soul journey or... I, I don't think of that is actually a psychotronic dream, meaning it was a synthetic dream put on me. I really feel that one was more of an experience I had in my real soul life. So I am not supposed to attend or need to attend Ascended Masters, blah, 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 you know, like how to ascend. Um, so that's what I kind of got from Lavender's service, which was cool. Uh, and didn't really tell me a whole lot of surprising things. When I was a teenager, of course, I meditated on my past lives. I found a book and I used a mirror and I actually went into a white light trance after traveling through some of my past lives. Um, I mean, I did the meditation more than once. So just one day I just nailed it and went through my past lives, some of them, and into a white light. So 
that was a whole different experience. Um, and I was meditating for like six hours. It wasn't like, it felt like five minutes. So it was totally, totally different. Um, yeah, so that part is kind of the more entities, past lives, mission, Arcturian, Syrian, Triconium, Pleiadian, if you want to touch on it, and the Stellium, which is more MK Ultra fine than not. So I'm going to leave it at that for you to contemplate. Uh, do a little research. Astro.com works. I've also used North Indian charts. Um, I, as I have done different exploratory cult, religion, whatever you want to call it, travels. Um, some people use the North Indian chart and they use it with the access correction for the earth. Um, and there are online free services just to get your site, your, your basic blocks. And then they have tons of books and things to tell you, um, like, for me, I, I have a guru, Jupiter guru, Scorpio. So um, we can do your chart that way too, but the traditional Western pie chart works for, um, excuse me, finding out the stellium. So that's what I'm looking for is the stellium. Astro.com works or you can try some other service if you're more experienced. Um, I tended not to get into those complete studies because um, honestly, I'm just tired of paying tons and tons of money to people to tell me that I'm not good enough because I'm not white. I'll just be really blatantly honest. I, I've gone through music, uh, tons and tons of money music for that I have gone through tons and tons of money and fitness for that um, just over and over and over and I'm just honestly sick of attending lectures and classes and whatever it is I'm supposed to participate in to be told that I'm not good enough in the United States because I'm mixed race um, I happen to yes have been a MK Ultra test subject as was my mother who they perceive as being more pure Japanese because she came from Japan. But in fact, both of my parents were mixed race. That's why I had a really high number of DNA HBR1 mutations, meaning I am 10% Irish, 10% English. I'm haplogroup B, which makes me Asian, okay? Um, and I guess I'll just do this since I got four three minutes left here um i'm asian essentially i look a pure asian but i've got some white genetics i've got russian czar genetics i've got um, japanese genetics i i knew genetics um so tribal asian genetics and chinese buddhist uh genetics like kind of off the mongolian steppe so I've got all of these different gene pools that I'm 10% of, all on the HVR1 level, which is, okay, I'll put it to you this way. If you have seen forensic genetics, you would know that only about 2% of the entire world's population has Chinese and white Caucasian genes mixed together. 
okay so that just right off the bat puts me in a really small percentage of the world's population and then if you take all the mixed race people who from my own personal survey is about their high end is maybe seven hvr1 mutations most are at six and consider six high even in hawaii so you're talking about six different hvr1 mutations i have 10 and um so that's me in i would say a point five percent or less bracket of human beings on the planet so i've also gotten into the argument with people who are throwing and spinning the geneticists um reclassifying humans as being a set group of a certain amount of mutations and and that's not even mixing with human with another type of genetics that Monsanto did back in the 80s they did achieve that in the 80s and uh, the animal rights group was started because they had already found out those things Um, so back then some of those human animals were destroyed but I want to share that because I'm one of those hybrids I'm on the cusp of the true hybrid where we leave being human in part and um going to leave it at that yeah so there's a stellium and have fun doing your own research and recovery survivor pilot aloha and welcome back to survivor pile so january 2019 is not over yet and i'm trying to get this scratched off my list which is the stellium in charts for mk ultra people maybe just mind controlled or my labs i don't know much about my labs so if anybody who's my labs is listening to this uh, you got to fill me in because i don't understand that world um because you're talking to someone who has a stellium in scorpio mostly in the eighth house it kind of spills over into the seventh house um so stellium it's in a western natal chart so what you need to get together right now is just your computer uh your birthday time year month that whole thing and where you were born the latitude and longitude plays into it and uh, make sure you get the correct one because even 10 minutes can make a difference actually three minutes makes a difference so you want to be correct and as accurate as possible um and then once you have those things and you have your computer head to astro.com you can do this on your phone if you have a smartphone or an i i one um so basically go to astro.com there might be other sites out there do it for free so you don't need to hire an astrologer for this if you want to hire an astrologer they're going to give you an interpretation 
and I think I've used the one at astro.com before. His name was Mark Lilly, and he was pretty good. Um, I had a birthday present once in a while. I just have different astrologer for birthday, give me a little bit of insight. And uh, he was pretty accurate with my personality compared to my chart. So you might like him. Also, once you do the chart there, there's also um, degrees that we can look at too. If you're starseed, starseed tends to be more like lavender and she has a really long waiting list. Uh, at least when I booked her, it was about six to eight months uh, ahead of time to book and she is pretty accurate. She gave me information about my past lives and what galaxies I'm from. I'm Syrian, Pleiadian, Arcturian, and uh, so I'm a hybrid blend from a long time ago. And it was pretty accurate because I already had part of the information I wanted from the Rosicrucians, I guess when I was born, they like feng shui everything and did everything. And then I did my own style feng shui as a kid and I got yelled at and scolded for it. Um, but it was actually, it turned out to be pretty accurate because I eventually wound up hiring a feng shui master. Um, I wish I could pay all these people the exorbitant amounts that they ask for, for their great services. But he, his style pretty much confirmed what I was doing as a kid. So naturally, I was inclined to check my own electromagnetic polarity. Um, and uh, just his style of feng shui actually was really in tune with me that way. So I was pretty confident when I hired him. Lavender came as a suggestion and... Uh, Mark Lilly was on the website and I was like, I use this. My friends use it. Let me try it. So um, if you want to hire an astrologer, find things out. So they're going to charge you, you know, anywhere from, uh, I mean, if you just want a solar return, you can do that on your own, but you can, you know, do that for maybe 10 or $15 to, um, you know, the 400 to $600 services that you have to book sometimes months in advance. So that's out of the way there. And a few plugs for some pretty decent service. The stellium I found out about on my own. So none of these astrologers actually mentioned it or told me about it. And the stellium is like a grouping of your planets. So you know the planets that are in our galaxy and our solar system in particular. Right, and then there's something called a true node and a chiron. They're thrown in there. Um, I think you know what the planets are. So, in any case, once you do your natal chart on your own, you can just look for a glob of them in one of the pie chart quadrants. So, the Western astrology natal chart usually looks like a pie chart that has twelve sections to it. Okay. I'm not going to get into technical terms, but there's like a horizon line. So it goes straight across and 
that's the only line I'm going to worry about right now because it's really basic. I'm not going to be in a butthole and <laughs> it's tried to entertain you with these this the intersection of these two lines on the chart, but it's a pie chart. There are 12 pieces to the pie. There's a line that goes straight across. We call the horizon line basically. And whatever's above the horizon line is for extra extroverted outward personality. Like you're in public, you're in front of people, that kind of personality usually has to do with education, speaking, leadership, um, performance, arts, things like that. And then there is the other part, which is a lot of people, um, too, who are involved in family and their job. Um, also, you know, maybe long hours in an office, cell block by themselves or something um, that that's really secluded, isolated. And they function in that environment. So, um, yeah, and cell block can be your own cubicle or your, you know, nightmarish college dorm room. So that is below the horizon line. And so each of the 12 pieces, if there are a bunch of planets, and I'm going to take the low number for a stellium, which is three. It's been debated whether it's a stellium if there are three planets, but it's definitely three, well, excuse me, four or five or sometimes six. I've seen some people with five or six who are MK Ultra, definitely. Um, and they can identify which, um, which programs they've been in and things like that. So these stelliums mean that you have a lot of energy in one component of your life or your personality. And without the rest of it around, um, you kind of flail and fail in life. I know some new interpretations say to go to the opposite uh, piece of the pie to look for your answers and escaping the trap of having a stellium in your chart so that you can focus on skills that you don't have. And that's where to look as an empty um, balancing house. So they're approaching it that way. Um, I don't know what the correct approach is to life. It depends, I guess, on what you believe in and all of that. But the stellium is just going to be a bunch of the planet symbols <laughs> in one of the houses. Um, or one of the signs. I'm willing to take, you know, one of the signs where you've got more than four in a sign or three, three or four. I'll give it to you if it's three. But I'd like, because I've seen um, also charts where people have three here, three there, three there, and they're kind of clumped in threes, which is really unusual too. So I'm going to leave it at that. And uh, my personal stellium is in the seventh and eighth house, uh, mostly the eighth house, overlapping into seven over the sign Scorpio and um also, I, I lapse into the eighth house, into Sagittarius. So I have a pretty natural placement to my chart, meaning my ascendant is also Aries. You could probably figure that out. Um, so I'm a Scorpio with an Aries ascendant. Pretty intense uh, personality sometimes. 
So yeah, I'm driven to occultic things and I just don't like to uh, subscribe to being certified or whatever, even though I've taken time to study different things and delved into light giving and Reiki and different things that are actually stemming from my DNA strands. So a little bit about the stellium in the chart, if you have them, um, and MKUltra, because it means that they can actually pretty much exploit you in that house, in, in that personality component. And you can go online and look up, you know, whether you have the second house, the third house, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eleventh house. Um, and then one thing I used to get into a lot with people who I meet is the Neptune. I used to look for Neptune a lot um, because I did Oracle cards and I found that Neptune is like your dreams and stuff. And as a targeted individual, a lot of us have dreams, but the placement of Neptune, I find can cloud our actual interaction with reality. I have a kitty cat here climbing up the new chair. <laughs> Scraping. So I look for where Neptune is and then focus on trying to be grounded regardless of where Neptune is. Because sometimes Neptune can actually get in the way. Like we have this dream fantasy of how things are going to work with other people and social environments and situations. But then reality sets in and Neptune's not really congruent with reality. And that's when we can get hurt. So I also personally, cat jumping up on the window, apologize for the noise. Um, not the most stealthy cat. So um, yeah, yeah. And as far as cats go, I usually like, I, my kitty cats, I went to a monastery once. Well, it's like a monastery. It was a Buddhist place and they had artists out. And so I had, I don't have kids, but I had fuzzy children. And so I got the Chinese animals. They were painting Chinese animals on tiny cards. I had them do the Chinese animals for my fuzzy children. And, um... I thought that was a cute gift. This one is definitely not as clever or as stealthy as others, though. It was very noisy and social, though, and playful. Um, yeah, so lots of different charts to look at. Obviously, there are hybrid charts, and stellium's like a whole different component that I've personally found interest in because of MKUltra research research and others approaching me who have been in different programs and I'm one of the younger generations I'm not a millennial so I'm seeing I, I'm in the transition of technology space and there's a Chinese way of looking at things and there are different feng shui charts out there as far as relationships go and 
whether people are copacetic living together and dying and all of those different things. So I've done some studying that way. I've looked at North Indian charts too, um, which are pretty valid. Um, there are free online North Indian charts that also take the axis tilt change into effect. So some people are saying, you know, you're not actually born in the sign that your month says because the earth's axis has changed because of this, because of that. So um, you have to play around to see if it fits your personality. But overall, I think pretty much the same things hold true from chart to chart to chart. And good personalities are good personalities, whether they're in Chinese astrology, Indian astrology, um, though the biggest change and difference is, is that I think in Asian and Indian astrology, what good personality traits they find and define for women are different than Western astrology. And that's just on the surface. But if you look into history, I think that Asian women who are stronger and warriors themselves and things they pretty much held their families together so i kind of differ on how i look at asian astrology and what they give me as desired characteristics of a female so i'm just putting that out there i've done some studying over my lifetime you know and I would just, for this though, stick to the Western astrology, find out if you have a stellium or not. All the other ones are pretty cool to dabble in and it costs a bunch of money, like I said, to hire someone and give you the Atlantean agenda, whatever it is you're looking for to participate in that conversation. Mm, I'm kind of indifferent because I've found that I need to trust my instinct a certain amount and then there is the charts so I still have to live and it would be like trying to hand your life up to an angel to connect you with God and the angel basically just becomes your handler you see what I'm saying <laughs> like there's got to be some free will in life um, not just you know in decision I want to go here I want to go there I want to get in the vehicle and go um you know, sometimes it's nice to take in the sights and really experience life aside from just clinging to charts. But that's that on the stellium short version. And without all the midhaven garbage, garbage, you know, um, you don't need to learn to read a chart. You can just do your chart and see if there's a clump of planets. Okay, simple, look for a stellium. A lot of the astrologers don't talk to you about it that way. And I had two technically and nobody mentioned in the years any of it. I had to discover that word on my own. So um, leaving it at that, survivor pile out.